Hello and welcome to Rollins Around Town. I'm Sam Stark. I serve as a Vice President of Communications and External Relations here at Rollins College. Rollins Around Town is a showcase of outstanding people who make dynamic and important contributions to the Rollins campus and throughout Central Florida. In either case, these are difference makers who help uplift the mission and brand of Rollins and who help make our region a special place to live, learn, and work. Today, I am delighted to welcome my good friend, Andrea Massey-Farrell. Andrea serves as the President and CEO of the Harvey and Carol Massey Foundation, as well as Senior Vice President of Community Relations for Massey Services. In her work with the Foundation, Andrea oversees its daily operations to ensure that its mission and goals are in alignment with the Board's plans and vision for charitable giving. Andrea also manages the strategic community relations efforts for Massey Services and its team members. She's a member of the Rollins College Board of Trustees and on the Holt School Advisory Board. She serves on about 18 other boards, uh, which I won't mention right now, but is truly one of the most giving people in our region. Andrea, thanks for being on the show today. Thanks for having me, Sam. This is wonderful. It is great. So anyone who lives in central Florida certainly knows the Massey name, and I know about eight other states now, probably two, but sort of tell us the short version of, of uh, you know, the, the, the Massey name here and, and when you got to Orlando. Absolutely. So um, my father's background in the service industry was with Orkin and then Terminex and had an epiphany one day with one of his mentors that, you know, maybe we could do it differently. In 1985, I was brought into the living room and told we were moving from Memphis, Tennessee to Orlando, Florida. They tried to sell it that it was the home of Mickey, which was very exciting, but um, was kind of a scary move for, you know, a 13-year-old coming to town. Um, but yeah, we, we have been here since 85 and just adore the community and have made it our home. And so you went, you grew up high school here? High school in Lake Mary, yeah. Lake Mary High School. We yeah. moved to Longwood when we first came to town. And um, actually, the day I graduated high school, my parents brought me into Winter Park to show me a beautiful piece of property and said, by the way, we're moving. And um, <laughs> Winter Park's been our home since 1990. Let's talk first about your work at the foundation, uh, obviously named after your p- delightful and fantastic and special and wonderful parents, Harvey and Carol. Um Sort of a relatively new foundation in in, uh, in in Central Florida, but tell tell us a little bit about maybe what it does, and maybe even more importantly, sort of the why behind when when it happened and why it was created. So my parents have always been a believer. Really, I be- my feeling is it came from their parents that mm-hmm. you know you always have to give back to those that give to you, and and over the years they've done some special projects outside of Massey Services that were near and dear to their hearts, but wasn't for any business reason. And around, oh, I guess 12 years ago, they determined it was time to make it formal. And I was asked to help them create this foundation, uh, really to help those in the arts and culture community, the education community, and then what we call special projects. So we've done some work with the veterans organizations around town and the Morris Children's Hospital. And so the family gets together, and with the guidance of my parents, um, now with my mother driving the bus, and we take a look at how we can bridge some of the funding gaps that are taking place in our community. Yep. 
it, it probably was 12 or 13 years ago. Um, I was in Chicago running the Chicago Sports Commission, and, and my wife and I decided we wanted to move home, move back to Orlando. And um, I'm not even sure, you, you probably kind of know the story, um, but I wrote an email to two people who I loved and respect and admired, and one was your dad. And I said, hey, if you kind of know something for a guy like me, you know, would you keep your eyes and ears open? Because I met Harvey when I was first out of Rollins working at Florida Citrus Sports. And, uh, and then I worked at the Winter Park Chamber, as you know, and he was always involved with the Winter Park scene uh, more than anybody. So I, my, my line is he sort of treated me like just a little nephew. Like he'd always like put his arm around me and give me a nuggie and say, Sam, you know, you're a good kid. Um, and the timing was just lucky perfect that it was when you were running uh, the agency, Massey Communications. And he said, I think I might have something that could work out. And lo and behold, I got to come and replace you at that agency while you started that foundation. So, And I am very grateful. I loved my time at Mass Communications. I was there 20 years. But um, my passion is being involved in the nonprofit sector. Right. And, I mean, how lucky am I that I get to do it on behalf of my family? Right. So That's I really amazing. do think I've got the best job in the world. I think you, uh, I think you might. Um, Harvey passed a little over a year ago. Uh, January 24th of this year. Of this year. Mm-hmm. Hadn't even been wow. a year. Yeah. yeah. A, a tremendous loss for the community, for the family, I know. But um, his, you know, his, his memory lives on. And, and we all, um, you know, think of, I think about him almost all the time, as I know you guys do. So we send our love to, uh, to Harvey and, and uh, of course, to, to Carol. Um, tell us a little bit about Massey Services, right? Like started as a walker chemical if i remember correctly that he bought here in winter park and now it's it's massey services we are um in nine states and uh doing well my brother tony and his executive team are just doing a phenomenal job carrying on the legacy and and that legacy of of, uh, the business that my parents started was it wasn't about the products we were offering. It was how our people make the difference. And so though we provide pest prevention, termite protection, laundry and shrub care, um, it's more about what our people can do within the community to help make our community a safer place, make sure that homes are taken care of, that, that lawns are, are, are handled and taken care of in the way they need to be taken care of, um, and, and doing it the right way. So we... Um, the, the executive team at Massey is, uh, in my opinion, killing it. I, I, um, I giggle. I'm the one that doesn't, doesn't necessarily worry about sales every day. I get the joy of going out in the community and representing Massey. But it, it's been amazing, and, and we have had over 30 years of con- consecutive growth. And, you know, the team throughout all of our areas just truly understands that it's about working with the community and being part of the village. The one thing that I learned about, frankly, when I was with Massey Communications and, the, and Moxie, since we, since we obviously you know, Massey Services was a client, was an, an event that uh, Massey Services puts on sort of internal for their, for their kind of corporate or uh, field leaders. And I didn't really know about culture. Like I'd heard the term, and you know, you think culture is just being nice to people. Because uh, I never really worked for a big company like Massey Services, and I went to the the annual meeting, and the culture, like, how, what, what do you attribute the culture at Massey Services to? Um, you know, 
my dad always said, you you know, you walk the walk and you talk the talk. And that came from the leadership down. Yeah. And um, we always talk about how we bleed blue, that we believe in our people, we believe in the product. But I think it's because you have to have the understanding of we're all there to be a part of it, that it's not just one person, it's it's everybody within the accounting department or the marketing department. You know, primarily it's the people out in the field that are the face of our organization working with all of our customers. And listen, we have fun when we're together, but we know the end result is really to provide the best service possible. And it all came from my dad. It started with him. He would take a phone call on a Sunday afternoon and would make it right by Monday morning. And, you know, he wanted to be involved in the community because he felt like, you can't be in the service industry if you're not willing to give back to others. And, right. and he talked about it as giving a hand up, not a handout. Right. Um, and he wanted to walk alongside the community to ensure that for future generations it would be there. And one of his favorite quotes that now hangs in our corporate office is a Greek proverb where a society grows great when old men plant trees whose shade they shall never sit in. Yep. And his thought process was he was planting the trees um, for that third, fourth, fifth generation down the road. He had a lot of sayings. Oh, we have so many Harveyisms. It is, um, it's kind of fun. I thought maybe we need to start putting all those down. I think one of our one of our yes. team members actually did. But yes, right, almost like a Ten Commandments of Harveyisms. Yes, and the third generation of grandkids know those Harveyisms <laughs> and laugh now when my brother and I use them in meetings. Well, the Stark children know a couple of them. One of them is you can't go through life with two catcher's mitts. At one, some point, you have to take one off and throw something back. That's it. And uh, that was always one that, um, that resonated with me. I know that really probably at the end of the day is the core of the, of the why of the, of the, of the foundation. Uh, the other one was if you can't get the look right, you can't get anything else right. And so he always had, um, I mean, he always was dressed perfectly. Mm-hmm. And he made his, the employees from the top, corporate to the to the whatever you know oh, yeah. out in the field dress well look right so that as he said when when they walk when they walk to the door the customer thinks this is a professional not just some hack right I you know even as a teenager I remember being told that you dress for the job you want and so I remember in you know in high school and college going out to get that part-time job I always thought about what I was going to wear and how you present yourselves and so in a past life as a retail manager I remember that was some of the judgment I would make when, you know, high schoolers would walk in and I'm like, oh, no, that's not <laughs> the image. And, you know, and trying to counsel, um, which then as I was volunteering at a, a local nonprofit to some of the high school students talking about those things that the Harveyisms instilled in me about, again, you got to you got to look the look or, you know, how do you do that job without that pride? And so it's the washing your car all the time, making right. sure, you know, do you, do you have your hair cut? Your hair can't touch your collar. I mean, all these different things that um, now the, the children in the third generation hear of, okay, you're going to this event and this is what you need to look at and you're representing. So, yeah, no, we definitely have a, a lot of those fun little things no that doubt. pop up. That's right. Let's talk about your brother for just a quick second. Tony, uh, who's serving as the CEO of Massey Services, a crummer. Graduate School of Business uh, alum, um, how how how's, how does he do it? Like it's a lot of work, it's a lot of time, and I've always said 
it's got to be hard to be that guy's son. And, and you, you deal with it, too, in, in, in perhaps a different level. Right. But how, how's Tony Massey doing? He is, um, he's doing great. And, and he is handling the transition um, like, a, I mean, true professional. And, you know, he, he straddles the line. He's got ideas of the world is changing and, and you know, how does Massey continue to evolve but at the same time continues the message to our team members that we have a core culture and we're sticking to that core culture. Um, you know, he he really, I, I know if he heard me say this, I'd get the look, but he truly was born for the job. Yeah. And when he came out of college, was given the opportunity of, you know, if you want to go do something else, that's fine. And he said, no, this is where I'm meant to be. Right. And has worked really every position possible within the organization because one of the one of the Harveyisms is you gotta how do you manage if you don't know the job and and so he started um, as you know in the field worked his way up and truly handles the position with grace uh, I couldn't yeah. be prouder I mean he'd give me a look to of hearing course. that but right. um, but you know I I can't imagine anybody else taking over the position of CEO um, after dad. And um, I know dad's looking down and is very proud of him. Oh, for sure. Talk a little bit about um, your role with Massey Services first. Um, You know, nine states. How do you do community relations for nine states? You know, we um, work very closely with our marketing team and we determine, uh, you know, there's only one Mr. Massey. He's here in Central Florida. But how do we get our team members involved? And so one of the strategies we created was working with our actual team members of what organizations are you already involved in? You know, where is your passion? Where are you spending time outside of work? And how do we back that up so that we can be supporting them? So I've got an, in, an incredible team. Um, I have uh, two individuals that work within the community relations um, realm with me. And we are working with our regional managers, our operational VPs to say, hey, this is the area we need to focus on. And then partnering with marketing to say, how do we best achieve this? Um, It's not always easy. There's only 100 pennies and a dollar. But, you know, one of the things we try to do is can we provide in-kind services to some of the nonprofits that help alleviate their operating budget? Can we volunteer and be out at these events to make sure that, um, you don't have to have staff time from these nonprofits. And we've had a lot of excitement. Uh, some of the things we've, we've done is um, on Fridays we do jeans and sneakers days, and our team members pay $5 to dress out. And we do this for a two-week period, and then we send all of the proceeds to nonprofits that our team members pick. Nice. And that is company-wide. Yeah. Um, now, you know, some weeks we have a known nonprofit. There's others that it may be a nonprofit in Oklahoma that has a staff of one. But we feel that that is making an impact. And, and our team members have really rallied around it. During COVID, when we couldn't have all of our holiday parties, we made the decision that the dollars we would spend on those parties, our team members could go out and do special projects for nonprofits throughout the holiday season. And you know, we've had a great response. Um, And we still do the galas, we still do the 5Ks, but we're really seeing a shift that our team members want to get involved in programmatic items that these nonprofits are doing. Um, So it's 
it's definitely a full-time job, but um, I love it because we're able to get out and really see the difference when you get the notes back from the nonprofit. So you right. see the photos. Um, we had an organization in Lake County that we gave towards a youth band, and they had T-shirts made, and they were able to travel. And, you know, it's that pride in, you know, we were able to make a difference in someone's life. So it's it, it's great. We're staying busy. Yeah. Absolutely. And then that translates pretty well, I would think, hand-in-hand to the foundation, although the foundation probably has some deeper roots to to, to the Central Florida community. Share a little bit, like, what's the mission of the Harvey and Carol Massey uh, Foundation? Absolutely. So um, our three pillars of giving for the foundation are the the arts and culture sector, education, and and special projects that kind of tug at the family heartstrings. But for us, it's about ensuring that the community has um, the opportunity to be involved in the arts. And, you know, it's more that, yes, we talk about STEM, but for us, there's STEAM. And our, you know, so tying kind of arts and education together. Do all school-age students get, uh, you know, an opportunity to see different types of art, whether it's performing arts, whether it's music, whether it's going to see actual artwork here in town. Um, and, And we really feel like starting from that generation, then there's that appreciation. Art helps you think about things differently. Um, You can hear music and know where you were. You can see a piece of artwork and it brings alive those little firing of the brain, you know, uh, the brain areas. Um, But we also believe, and this comes from my parents, that everybody has the, the right to an education. And so we Um, partner with an organization that helps give scholarships uh, throughout the state of Florida. And we want to ensure that people from all walks of life have the opportunity. We also do scholarships through um, Massey Services with all of our team members. They have the opportunity for them or their their dependents to, to apply for a scholarship. And then really some of our special projects, uh, with Nemours Children's Hospital, we do a multidisciplinary autism program. Mm. And we want to make sure that families in our area have the care that they need if they're going through um, a diagnosis of autism. Right. And then we've done some projects with veterans. Uh, my father was in the Army for two years right. and was a believer in those that are giving of themselves. And we've done a project out at the VA hospital for um, a garden and a memorial that people can go out and have a calming area when they're at the hospital. So, you know, we take a look at, at projects that really can move the needle. Um, we, you know, I hate to say we don't do capital gifts because that's really not, it's not about having a name on the building. But some of the projects that the foundation's been involved in is the building of the Dr. Phillips Performing Arts Center. That was more not just because of the building, but it was then people have an area they can go to for art. Right. Um, we are involved in Rollins to make sure that, you know, Innovation Triangle. We want to have this world-class museum, but also a world-class school of business. Mm-hmm. And um, fell in love with the idea of having them on the same campus. It brings our art and culture and our education all in one. We've done work with the University of Alabama um, with their Performing Arts Center. And so, though it wasn't in Central Florida, it's someplace that's near and dear to our heart um, because we've had so many so many second generation and now third generation that have gone there. But we felt that 
it was providing that that art and that education that was needed. Yeah. Your your personal, I mean, on top of what you do as a day job <laughs> for for Massey Services and for the foundation, but your your commitment personally to, to volunteerism and service, you know, and time, talent, and treasure is probably close to unmatched in the region. I mean, well, thank you. How do you do it? Why do you do it? Uh, is it specifically for alignment with Massey Foundation and Services, or or, or partly? Um, yeah, partly, yes. Um, but really, I think my first volunteer opportunity, I was 10. Uh, we were living in Memphis, and the Special Olympics had a chapter, and my mom said, I think you would really enjoy this. And I got to go out and work with the athletes who uh, definitely were more athletically inclined than I was. And to see them at their actual competitions, um, it gave me almost a high of, wow, you know, so my time um, gave support. I definitely, they were the athletes that did the job, but it was, it was a great feeling. And after that point, I really kind of got this bug of how do I make a difference? And, and again, it's not about putting a name out there. It's a lot of things that I like to do behind the scenes that maybe no one knows have taken place because then at the end of the day, I see the difference in some of the work that's right. done. Um, and, and really my time at Massey Communications, what I found was that being on seven, eight, nine boards, um, I was still having to do my day job, but I got that thrill of seeing the needle move within our community. Mm-hmm. And I would tell you selfishly, having, you know, two young adults, I would love for them to finish their college and come back to Central Florida. But to do that, we have to make sure that Central Florida continues to evolve into a community that I would love to see my, you know, my children and if they have children raised in, because Central Florida has been amazing to me. Um, But I would also tell you that was, you know, the the family I grew up in. My parents believed in, in doing that. My grandparents believed in doing that. And and now we're working with the third generation to have that understanding of why when they come back from college to be involved. Um, and, and so, you know, as a Massey team member, we actually, as you'll remember on that annual review, there is an area about your community involvement. Right. Um, and, and so it's, it's great. My husband's involved. He's on boards. My kids have been to many events early on a Saturday morning, um, and they themselves now in college are involved in their community. So it, yeah. it's, it's great. You mentioned James, and I can't let the moment go without highlighting, to me, his career achievement of all time is driving the Zamboni yes. at the Amway Center. Oh, it's incredible. That's actually how we met. <laughs> um, I uh, love hockey, was at a Solar Bear game many years ago, and uh, saw this incredible Zamboni driver. And the, the rest is history, thanks to a good friend that said, hey, that girl over there thinks you're cute. And, um, but, you know, he loves it. And, and um, it, it's fun to watch him. I mean, how many people that live in Florida can say they drive a Zamboni? Right. Um, and uh, he is from the, the Northeast and grew up playing hockey. And when uh, the original Orlando Arena was built, he was doing a school project and said, oh, yeah, I drive the Zamboni. And was the first Zamboni driver hired for uh, the Orlando Solar Bears. 
And um, but you know James is also very involved, and he's a he's a Rollins alum. Um, he's involved uh, here on campus, but also um, is a Darhard sports fan. So mm-hmm. as the boys were growing up, as you know, has been very involved in a lot of uh, baseball games. Um, he he loves. He's on the board of the Winter Park Babe Ruth um, organization and and working with the the baseball uh, youth group but also is the amazing announcer for the Winter Park High School Wildcats baseball team and um, has just been really cool to watch because yeah. it's he, as you know, with every conversation you have with him, that's a lot of sports. There's a lot of statistics, things that I'm just out there because it's just fun to watch. Right. And he right. knows all the numbers behind it. It's like money ball in my house all the time. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's it's amazing. He still drives a Zamboni. Uh, periodically, I, I, fortunately or unfortunately, I keep him very busy, so he doesn't get to do it as often as he'd right. like. But, um, but yeah, he is. I married a winner in yeah, so well. many ways. But uh, he's, I, you know, to be able to say my husband's a Zamboni that's driver. That's right. That's that's pretty good. All right, that's enough about him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we could do a whole hour on no, my husband. No, no, no. He puts up with me. Uh, that's he's, great. He's a decent guy. <laughs> um, talk a little bit about. Holt, right? Now the Rollins uh, Professional Advancement Program. uh, That's been, you know, you're frankly quite synonymous with that program here at Rollins. So why is it so meaningful and important to you? You know, I I went to college like every 18-year-old does and enjoyed uh, the first three semesters at another, uh, another college, university in town. And it was too big for me. Um, I did a different path, graduated from Valencia, uh, and, and honestly, after finding out, I had dyslexia um, and never really understood during high school and then those first three semesters why studying didn't come as easy to me as it did to everybody else. So um, had the opportunity to go to Valencia, got my associate's degree, and when the decision time came of do you go back to UCF to finish your degree, had a wonderful friend of my mother's um, say, hey, my daughter goes to this program that Rollins has that a lot of the classes are at night called Hamilton Holt. So came and met with Patricia Lancaster and Rita Bornstein (laughs) and uh, many years ago and found a home here. Small classrooms. I was still at the time working full time um, because I was, you know, again, it was a little later in, uh, in, in my 20s going back to school. But it was perfect. I had class with my peers. I um, was still able to tout that I was getting this amazing liberal arts education through Rollins College just at a different time of day. Right. Uh, and, and Hamilton Holt just has been absolutely amazing and was amazing for me. I finished my uh, you know, bachelor's degree in two years. I'm an organizational communication major, um, which is how my world of public relations and advertising started. It was an opportunity to feel like I wasn't a number, I was a person. And I think, you know, the, one of the best days of my life was crossing that stage and Rita shaking my hand and being able to put that degree on my wall. I have stayed a massive supporter of Holt because I do feel that there are individuals out there that their circumstances in life, they can't do the traditional college route of, you know, eight in the morning to three in the afternoon level classes. They may have a job. They may 
already, you know, have two or three children and are coming back to finish their education. And so that evening program, to me, is a, a necessity. But at the same time, it's at Rollins College. Right. So you know you're getting world-class professors, a level of education from a liberal arts standpoint that teaches you not just about the subjects you have to take, but about how to be an amazing community leader. Um, and, and so I, I have stayed involved. I highly recommend it. Um, my husband, his, James's path was, was similar where he got into the computer field and didn't have that bachelor's degree. And when we um, got pregnant with the boys, he determined he wanted to go back to school. And two days before the boys turned 10, James walked across the stage with Craig McAllister shaking his hand. And there was a whole group of Massey and Ferrells that were here (laughs) with cowbells. Um, And so for us, it has just been a staple of life, uh, you know, and and yeah, you could say, wow, I wish I had that four-year college experience that a lot of my friends had, but I really feel I had that blessing that, I mean, I stayed in contact with a number of my professors throughout the years, and a, a lot of them have retired, and still friends on Facebook, and you see what they're doing, but they took the time to make a difference for someone like me. Yeah. What, I ask this question a lot to, to Rollins' guests about what, what's your snap your fingers and make it happen wish for Rollins. So I, I, I guess I'd ask you that for Holt uh, and for you know now the Rollins Professional Advancement Program. We're going through a dean search, as you know. Um, what would be your snap your fingers, make it happen for, for the Rollins Advancement Program? I would love for us to be able to really to tap back into the market, um, you know, the Central Florida has changed. A lot of the community colleges are now state colleges. They're able to provide that four-year opportunity. But I'd, I'd love to snap my fingers and be able to tell so many individuals about Hamilton Holt and why coming here is different. The experience, the community uh, is more than just that piece of paper that you get when you're done. Um, and And I think we have an untapped group of adults that are looking to maybe change careers. The world's changing. We have to have different skill sets. Um, But also there was a whole group that maybe didn't do that four-year route. And how do we get them in the door to show? And and so I think as this new dean, whomever he, she is, um, gets to come in and really find those individuals, work with corporations in town to say, hey, you have a, a tuition reimbursement, we have a place that your team members can get that extra level of training yeah. and, and make them, you know, a more well-rounded team member for you. Yeah. And recently, well, how do you mean, again, I, as I proved earlier, time is uh, somewhat <laughs> irrelevant in my head. How, how long have you been on the board of trustees? It just completed. I've just completed my first year Virtually on the board year. of trustees. Okay. I was on the the whole board of advisors for over twenty years, yep. um, and so excited to be at this level, just to kind of see the the thirty thousand foot view of right. what's going on with the overall college, not yeah. just the one sector. Um, there's amazing things going on at Crummer, um, the CLA program here at Rollins. I mean, it, to me, it's the best in the world, uh, and. I'm sure there's other universities and colleges around the country that would would debate with me, but 
I just, the, the community here, I've had the opportunity recently as a board of trustee to meet with a group of students. Mm-hmm. And wow, the future looks bright. Yeah, talk I a little mean, bit about that experience. And you know, I, I had the opportunity to meet with uh, some of the leaders of SGA and the IFC and Panhellenic Councils, um, along with some peer advisors. And wow, <laughs> I mean, I, I can't imagine having all my stuff together at the age of 2021 <laughs> like these individuals. And they're giving back. They want to mentor the the incoming freshman class. They have so many ideas about how we can change the world for the better. And I walked out. I went home and told my husband, "Wait, listen, I what what were we like at that age? Uh, I mean, but this group truly has an understanding of where the world is going, and and they work together. They look at it as a, as a village. Um, you know it." They come from all walks of life, from all different parts, actually, of the world. And just absolutely fascinating to listen to them. And they, they didn't come with, like, with just, uh, we have a problem or we have, the, you know, we have a suggestion to make. It was, we have solutions to what we think mm-hmm. can help this evolution. And, uh, and I really appreciate it. I, I felt honored that I was asked to sit with them and look forward to continuing the conversation. Yeah. It's it, it's inspiring. Probably one thing I um, didn't expect, and I'm not sure why, but just the uh, the energy and the talent and the passion uh, and the decency, sort of as you as you, exactly. you know, highlighted of of these students is is quite uh, quite quite remarkable. The show's called Rollins Around Town. What what would Rollins like? Why is Rollins important to the Central Florida region? You know, they're they're a partner. And, you know, their involvement through um, the administrative team, the executive council or cabinet, um, we all need to work together to continue to elevate Central Florida. Rollins has been here for a long time and has seen a lot of change. But when you drive down Park Avenue and you see this beautiful college, it's much more than just buildings. It's about the people and the giving back. Um, Central Florida will continue to evolve, but we as an educational system have to be part of that conversation on what training will this next generation need? What skill set are they going to look at? But listen, we also want to be able to provide our time, treasure, and talent from the executive team to the faculty to the staff members. And, you know, it's an economic impact. We have people that work here and live here we want them to have a voice, and so it's it's wonderful to see Rollins around town. I I love seeing the those Tars colors. It's great. <laughs> it is. It is. There's a lot. Uh, it, it, the the elevation of the community has for sure aligned with the elevation of this institution, and it's um it's probably no accident. So mm-hmm. that that that's impressive. Well, um, anything else you want to share? I mean, what, one thing I will acknowledge. I mean, I guess I'll ask you: Are you a good card player? I am not. Okay. It, it doesn't surprise me because the one thing that I, I've sat on a board or two with Andrea Massey-Farrell, and, and the, one, the one thing that I think we are both are similar at is we, we don't have a great poker face. No. And when we hear something, we, we sort of visually with our face make a very overt expression on what we think. <laughs> and so being on a board with Andrea is one of my favorite things. Because I always know what you're thinking. Oh, that's and that and goes right back at versa. you. <laughs> so. No, I, you know, I think I, I appreciate the time. I appreciate the opportunity to come and and have this amazing conversation. I, you know, I think um, my goals as we go into 2024 is, you know, w- 
we all need to be willing to sit down at the table and talk through what we see, our concerns, um, issues, and, and I think unless we're willing to talk and understand we may not agree on everything, right. but we have to have the conversation and we have to come to some sort of consensus or things won't be able to change in the way we know they need to. And so I just appreciate the time today because I, I think Central Florida is just an amazing place. I can't imagine living anywhere else. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not that we're in trouble, but it's the fact that the world is changing around us and how do we change with it? Yeah. How do we have some, some grassroots movement to ensure that those systemic issues continue to evolve? And, right. and we need to all be willing to, to have that conversation. Sometimes they're difficult. Um, and but you know, I, like I said, I appreciate being here because it can it, it starts the conversation and kind of opens up the door. Um, people shouldn't be scared to voice what they're thinking and feeling. Um, as you said, I do have a problem in some meetings, as um, one of our mentors, Lynn Fredericks, always says right. that I need to work on. But um, <laughs> but you know, I think it's if you're passionate and and you have a voice, you have to be heard. So so thank you for the time today. You're the best, and uh, your family's the best, and the company is the best. It wouldn't, the region wouldn't be the same without the Masseys, and uh, I really appreciate you as a friend and, and as a colleague on a lot of other w- things in uh, the work we do here in uh, Central Florida. So thanks, uh, thanks for being with us today. Well, thanks, Sam. Thank you so much. Madison, we're turning to you because last week, Andrea, we had Reverend Sean Garvey on, who I know you know, and we gave Madison a homework assignment because Madison, because Sean talks a lot about John Denver, and Madison didn't know who John Denver was. Uh oh. So the assignment was, and she didn't do it. Okay. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna give you one yep, grace, next, next one week, week of grace, and that's it. That's it. Uh, that's too funny. Well, special thanks to Madison, who does amazing work uh, as our student marketing coordinator and keeping us um, on air and uh, online. Uh, Keep updated on all of our shows and guests. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Rollins Around Town. And, of course, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcast. So thanks to Andrea Massey-Farrell, and we wish you a great day in Winter Park. Thanks.